Welcome to On the Line, a podcast for tennis players, coaches, and fans. I'm your host, Jenny Robb. Today on the line, we have Bo Gard, um, USPTA elite professional and Mississippi um, USPTA president um, who has moved out of the teaching realm after being a director for many years in, in Mississippi into financial advisement and helping um, other tennis pros you know, with their financial future. Um, Bo, this is something I need help on. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, you are from Romania originally, and uh, you came to the States and played tennis in school. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, so I started playing tennis in Romania as a six, seven-year-old boy and uh, went through the system, tennis system, back there. And, um, you know, played throughout the juniors, uh, won my first ITF tour, played a little bit on the professional tour, um, went to Turkey when I turned 20 years old and uh, got a job at a, at a local tennis club on the Mediterranean coast. And, oh, wow. I was teaching. I taught there for seven years, and uh, then I came to the United States, okay. to the U.S. Um, at the time, my brother was a student at Ole Miss, and uh, he needed help to, to turn pro. So took some time off from Turkey, went to Oxford. I helped him turn pro. I helped the tennis team there as well. He turned pro. And uh, I got a job on the coast and uh, in Gulfport. Okay. So I ended up staying. I'm still here today, 13 years <laughs> later. So uh, uh, here we are. <laughs> that is great. That's great. And what's your, what's your brother's name? My brother's name is Kathleen Gard. Everybody knows him as Cat. Kathleen Gard. Okay. And, uh, you know he won. He won NCAA. He. Turn pro reached the highest position, I think, around 200 in the world. Played the uh, old Grand Slams, um, and uh, he currently lives in Atlanta. He still plays a little bit, but I think he's now gearing more towards uh, teaching. Okay, okay. Um, so, what other yeah. sports did you play growing up? Well, as you know, in Europe. If you don't play soccer, that means you're not European or not Romanian. Or right. That way. So we grew up playing soccer on the street mm -hmm. and uh, maybe played a little basketball in school and okay. uh, track and field at school, same thing. And oh, but cool. tennis was the main, the main sport. I started when I was six. So when you play a sport in Romania back 20 years ago, that's the only thing you do. You have time to do because you practice two, three hours a day every day. Wow. So that pretty much takes all the time you have. Now, are you an advocate for um, early specialization or are you, you more in favor of playing multiple sports growing up? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I think, you know, Early special specialization is good for gymnastics and sports that require that. In mm -hmm. our sport, I think it's a better thing to do just to wait, try some sports, do mm -hmm. 
playing multiple sports growing up and then try to specialize around what 12 13 years old it depends on you know it's a little different for boys and girls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I would think just play as many sports as you can you know and then just try to focus on one when your body is pre-puberty it's maybe after 10 12 years old um, mm-hmm. that's my opinion mm-hmm. in my case there was an early specialization when I grew up we had no choice that was back then 20 what 30 years ago mm-hmm. so um, I kind of you know got burned out a little bit I was 15 mm-hmm. but uh, still managed to stay in the sport and find a way to like it and find a way to like, kind of fight through it so mm-hmm. we're still in it today <laughs> yes yes and we're glad that you are <laughs> Now, what um, yeah. what types of, of um, training did you do um, to stay healthy or avoid injury or the off-court things? Um, did you deal with injuries in, in your playing career? You know, we didn't. We, not as that, that I remember. You know, sometimes you may have a sore wrist or a sore, sore shoulders because of the amount of matches we played. But, you know, we train... We had one of the best coaches, and they're still in business today. They're great coaches in mm-hmm. Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was fortunate to have one of the best coaches in Romania, and that's one of my mentors, actually. Mm-hmm. We did everything by the book, you know, great warm-up, a lot of hand-eye coordination, a lot mm-hmm. of skills, coordination skills first, and everything was, you know, the duration of practice was based on your age and your uh, physical ability and everything was done the right way. So mm-hmm. I'm one of those fortunate guys that never got injured mm-hmm. and still healthy today, still enjoying the sport. Um, one of the, again, the attributes my, my, co- my coach had, you know, I inherited from him good, mm-hmm. great technique. <laughs> uh, good for him throughout volleys, serves, and everything was in place by the time I turned 12. Wow. So, again, I was a fortunate guy that mm-hmm. had, a, had a chance to, to, to be trained by one of the, the top notch coaches in, uh, in Romania. Wow. So, there's a difference between. Um you know, having a, a hero and having a mentor. You mentioned that you, you consider your coach um, a mentor. Who, who Do you have other mentors? Well, playing up, you know, in the last stages of my junior life, 17, 18, that was the first guy that really helped me. And mm-hmm. then, uh, I had another person that helped me out of beach in Turkey mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, and then coming to the U.S., I think having a, a, an old, old, elderly, more more experienced uh, tennis pro next to your court and actually telling you what kind of programs to do in the U.S., how to speak the language, how to talk mm-hmm. to people, mm-hmm. how to increase your numbers, you know, that's, again, I feel like I was lucky in the here in Gulfport, you know, Toby Fast was the guy that actually stayed with me and helped me grow my business when okay. um, 
I first moved here. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm grateful for that. Oh, that's great. Now so those were my mentors. Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, it's it's. I feel so fortunate also to have had some some really great mentors, and I think that's so important along the way. And um, it's pretty exciting to see um, some of the certification, um, you know, like USPTA, the PTR. You know, sometimes, yes, and sometimes you know you you get you you're lucky to find somebody that you don't realize it's on the, in the moment. You realize that years later. Five, yes. ten, fifteen years later, you realize what, how big of an event it was for you at the time. Yes. I didn't even understand it. But, um, and again, you know, I got certified here. He actually told me to get USPTA certified. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I called, I think we called the office, and there was somebody in the area, oh, Tommy. From Tuscaloosa. He, oh, he Tommy Wade, yes. Uh-huh. To, Tommy Wade, so I had to drive six hours to Tupelo <laughs> and oh. uh, get certified. So, you know, spend the weekend there. I know we mm-hmm. started Friday and we finished Sunday at like 5 p.m. And wow. you had to go through all that. That was a long weekend, tough, rough <laughs> weekend, but, you know, we're, we're good to get. <laughs> <good together. laughs> so, uh, they were the first one to, to to help me out and actually, you know, tell me how, show me how things are done in this country and what is required and how people learn and, you know, all these little things that made a difference. So I'm that, thankful for that. That is, that is so cool to hear, hear stories like that. I just, I love, I love listening to people talk about these things that shaped the course of their careers and made a difference in, in, in your life. Um, that's so, that's so important. And I think it's really a cool point that you bring up that you say you didn't realize it at the time because that's sort of how like the people that I consider my mentors, I didn't realize it at the time either. So we have these programs that are coming up that are sort of, you know, being set up as, as a mentorship, but I think, and I think that's great. Um, but I, I really do think there's something really special about how, Maybe you can look back and be like, wow, this person was giving of themselves and their knowledge and their support and believing in me maybe when I didn't yeah. even know, you know, and, and, and it just sort of happens naturally. I, I just, I love that. <laughs> and, you know, everything can happen. Everything is in a circle. And mm. now, the past couple of years, I mentor some, some mm-hmm. of the players and coaches and Actually, somebody that's teaching took my place in Laurel. I mentor for mm. a couple of years, so I'm happy for that. Um, so everything is in a circle. You know, <laughs> I received a lot, and I'm time to give back. <laughs> uh, by the way, if if you, if you see again, I realize, like I said, ten years later, that how good I had it. And uh, just an advice for all the pros. Uh, they're established, and just go to your first coach or go to that mm-hmm. first person that helped you and uh, and thank them or take them out to lunch or just call them, and they'll appreciate it. Oh, that is great advice. That really, really is. Thank you for that. Um, how how would you say, and your, your career has really evolved in such a unique way, and I'm, I'm, I definitely want to talk more about that, but so how did your coaching style evolve, and then how did that evolve into where you are today? 
Well, to be honest with you, when um, the, the short core format uh, came out first, at the time I was teaching in Turkey, that was in 2002, mm -hmm. I believe, when I, was, uh, I first heard about some pink or red tennis balls a little bit bigger. <laughs> we didn't have them at the time, and I think mm -hmm. we... We imported some from uh, from uh, from the Netherlands, mm. so okay. we got the shipment in back in 2002, and uh, we played with those, and the kids loved them, and okay. they start hitting the ball, and uh, they, I think around that time they came up with those small nets, mm -hmm. and we ordered some of those too, and it completely changed everything, mm -hmm. and um, that's when the all everything kind of sparked in my mind. I said, "Well, look, it is unbelievable." I was looking at the kids. I didn't. I, I was not looking at how they hit the ball. Mm -hmm. I was just looking at their faces. If they're happy, they were the happiest people. <laughs> and I said, "Well, what, why don't we do this every single day with them? I mean, they're loving it. They're loving it." Oh. So I implemented 10, 15 minutes every single day as a warm up, just to play on those small courts. Mm -hmm. And a couple of weeks later, I think we didn't have the net house. Well, we, you know, we got rained out and we had to rush on the courts immediately. We didn't have those nets. Mm -hmm. They were, they were so sad because oh. you know, we couldn't play on those small, small oh, wow. courts. And this so, was in uh, Turkey. This is in Turkey. Sure that that is in again is way back in the day, two thousand and two yeah. or three. Okay. Yeah. And then come to U.S. in two thousand and five. Yeah. We didn't have any kinds of. Mm -hmm. Small short court until 2007. Mm -hmm. That's when the first 10 and under came or quick start, that was mm -hmm. called. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started to do it on my own at first. People thought I'm crazy first, but uh, <laughs> it caught up and you know, they started speaking on TV and uh, uh, everybody started to do it. And uh, now you see the biggest of impact in the past five years. And I think. Definitely. Our base players, our young kids' base is growing because of that. And mm -hmm. I think everybody enjoyed it. Oh, I totally uh, agree. Yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, it was it was definitely a turning point in my career because, you know, I was teaching and as a young pro put out with the youngest players and I was not certified to know what I was doing. You know, and we had the little throwdown dots and lines and things and, you know, everybody had to stand in line and stand on their dot and, you know, wait to hit a ball that I would feed to you, you know, from the tee on the other side next to my basket. And so it really, you know, the first time that I saw anything about Quick Start, was called Quick Start at the time, of course, as you know, was Craig Jones. Um, and he was, he still had his club, uh, was I think it was in St. Petersburg or Augusta, Georgia. Anyway, he came over, right. and, and it was a USPTA presentation he was doing here in Birmingham. It was at Hoover Country Club, and it just, like, blew my mind, you know, to see these kids hitting on these little courts, and it just, I just immediately was, was I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, and, um, yeah. you know, it, it, but again, it was definitely a fight. Like you said, people thought you were crazy, and, and it's a fight that, that honestly, we're, we're still fighting, um, you know, all these years later. <laughs> Yeah, another thing, you know, we grew up teaching or playing the sports. We just hit with somebody. Mm -hmm. We didn't have enough tennis balls or baskets or balls to feed. 
So we were forced to kind of put two against two or forced mm-hmm. to play, to use teams to play because it is unbelievable what's happening in this country, in our country, with those big buggies, 300, 500 balls, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and speeding all the time. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that luxury in Europe. Right, we didn't right. have, I think, the whole club, the, we had eight pros at our club. I think the, 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 the total amount of tennis balls per club was one buggy that one tennis pro has here. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have enough tennis balls to start feeding to people. <laughs> so... <laughs> that's how you don't see a lot of balls growing up. No, but I think I think that it's so good though. I mean, I remember I don't remember what year it was, but Johan. I mean, that that's how it should be. Yes, that's how it should be. I you totally know, somebody, agree. You know, you had to hit somebody back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the little bit when they learn how to hit the ball and they learn their technique, but they have to just play. That was I think that was the biggest impression that I got when I saw it for the first time. I, I, it looked like tennis and, you know, standing on a dot and two lines and getting a ball fed to you doesn't look like tennis. And so I think that, you know, that, that is sort of what, what blew my mind. I was like, these little kids can play. And then it wasn't too long after that. Um, Johan Gedlitschka uh, was the president of USPTA Alabama and he brought you over. It's when I first met you. He brought you over to do a presentation at River Chase, um, in Birmingham. Right. I, I don't remember. remember. I don't remember what year it was, but, um, Anyway, and I was like furiously writing down the notes from your drills because they were fantastic. Two thousand and eleven. Was it? Okay. Two thousand and eleven. Okay. Okay. And I just, um, you know, it's like these are the kinds of things that I want to see. You know, and I, this is the direction that we need to go. Not, you know, not standing by your your cart. You know, just you know, letting your arm fall off feeding balls and hurting your back by bending over or whatever. Um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, I don't have that problem because I'm short. But um, you tall people, I, it's like, <laughs> I would imagine your back gets sore. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, you're. I'm not. I'm really not just saying this. I mean, I I really got so much out of that presentation that you gave then, and and just like I got so much out of Craig's presentation um, back in I think it was 06 or 07 I can't really remember. But but you know, it's like this is why you know I'm passionate about continuing education. And and so are you. So what, what, how do you feel about continuing education? And, and you continue to do this even though you're not on the court really anymore. Well, you know, I keep going to all the conventions. I enjoy that a lot. And mm-hmm. I feel like by participating in it's more, it's more just catch up with everybody and staying up to date with what happens in the country or at the section level or at the division level. And every time you go to these conferences, you know, you get one, two things based from there. You know, I'm happy. And Mm -hmm. um, that is the main reason I go on top of just just catching up with my friends. Mm -hmm. You know, I met 10, 12 years ago, and it's a good opportunity to see him again. All these conferences are in the weekends, and mm-hmm. what other better thing you have to do? Just go to Atlanta or go whatever, and just have a nice weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See some tennis, chit chat, talk to your friends, talk to other pros, hear something, write it down, or put it on your notes on your phone. <laughs> when you go back, just do. You know, I always like to, to test it to see how it goes. Oh sure, yeah. And, I mean. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, I mean, it always it's yeah, always so refreshing to me to be around other people that are passionate about what they do. Um, because, you know, we all encounter, you know, people that just, you know, kind of clock in and clock out, call it a day and mail it in. And, you know, and I, I, I don't mean to be critical of when I say that, but, but it is so, it's always so refreshing. It's like a revival um, when we go and there's people excited about learning and excited about seeing a certain speaker or, you know, I really want to, you know, meet this person or I'm really looking forward to seeing a friend that I hadn't seen since last year. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just kind of good for the soul. <laughs> Right, exactly. So how did your journey then then turn to where you are now? Okay, so... <laughs> That's, a tough one. Now, <laughs> That's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a tough one, I know. Okay, well, you know, I've been teaching tennis for 20 years, and mm-hmm. I've been playing it for 30, almost you know, 36 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, well, I always enjoyed the stock market. I always mm-hmm. watched it. I always I was interested, in mm-hmm. it. and I had an opportunity. You know, my family, my in-laws asked me to to work for them, and mm-hmm. I just made the move. And I'm still involved in tennis, and I'm still um, you know like to 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 keep up with it. I'm mm-hmm. a member at my local club, mm-hmm. playing various leagues there. Mm-hmm. I'm on the board. I'm involved with USPTA, TIA. I'm going to all these conferences. You know, we just got um, the concept, you know, we do the retirement plans for USPTA. So I'm staying in tennis. You know, you'll have to kill me to get me out of the business, out of the tennis. <laughs> so one way or another, I'll still be involved at some in some kind of capacity. Um, so, I love it. I'm, uh, I'm still playing the game, just not the courts all the time other than with my kids and, and their friends. And I, I think it's so important and and, and I actually am, am really just interested and admire the move that you've made. Um, you know, it's it's selfishly sad and in some ways to see you not on the court, you know, impacting lives in that way, but you're still impacting lives just in another way and, and it's such a needed place. Um you know, I was I was yeah. somewhat joking when I was introducing you and saying I need help, but I think that we all do, and I think that so many people in our industry, you know, we're, we are so focused on what we're doing on the court, and, and, and tennis pros have to wear so many hats between, you know, parents and players and adults and leagues and socials and events and running a club and maintenance of the courts and, you know, they're, they're, you know your general manager at your club maybe or, or whatever it may be. There's a million other things. And so maybe, you know, retirement isn't something that you're thinking about. <laughs> and so I think that actually it's pretty well, revolutionary. Exactly. You know, there are three reasons why people don't plan for retirement, especially young people. And those reasons are, you know, they think that the retirement is so far ahead mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's too far away and there's, not, there's no need to, re- to, to think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second reason is they get intimidated when somebody talks to them about retirement mm-hmm. and they don't feel comfortable talking about it. And the third thing is um, they have no funds. They have no money. They just get out of school. Some of them, they pay the loans, you know, that the, you know, to pay out the loans. And mm-hmm. it's true. You know, they're just starting new careers. They have no funds to invest. So, 
those are the three uh, three reasons. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty uh, of people you know, that live check to check. Yeah. <laughs> there are always ways to, to, to save a little bit and start an IRA with basically nothing. There's no fees, and 30 years later, that's going to fit, you know, 10, 15 times fold 15 years. So, um, anyway, I've been a tennis pro. I'm... I'm I'm here to raise awareness for everybody, you know, just start saving a little bit. You know, that's why we're not uh, looking, we cannot buy tennis clubs. You know, I had this conversation with one of my friends from Chicago. He's in the business of selling and buying and selling clubs. Mm-hmm. And he said, both our tennis pros, they, you know, they cannot buy a tennis club, which can be profitable. They can make a lot of money on it. Uh, in the long term, but there's no cash. Nobody's buying anything mm, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nobody has saved any money. So <laughs> it, this is nationwide. You, you know, you talk to some pros that they're in their 50s that I know they have no retirement accounts yet in their 50s. Right, and, right. You know, I've been talking to them and I've been just suggesting that they have to save some kind of to put them set, set, you know, to set them aside and start saving. But um, you know, unfortunately, I was the same way. I was the same way for 15, 20 years, and I was teaching from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I would go home and <laughs> put everything in checking account, you mm-hmm. know, or mm-hmm. spending a lot, mm-hmm. not thinking too much. And uh, <laughs> next thing you know, years pass by, and uh, you realize that. You don't have whole lot, so that was a that was a wake up call for 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 me. Oh, for sure. Now, how would you? This is kind of a big question too. What do you consider with all that you've done? You've you've done so much, and and your career has taken different turns and different stages of your life. What would you consider your proudest achievement? Well, you know, I had maybe thousands of kids, and a lot of them, they got scholarships, and they went Mm -hmm. to school. They're still Mm -hmm. playing tennis today. You know, Mm -hmm. some of them, they have kids, and uh, their kids are playing today. And uh, I'm just thankful to see that even, you know, we moved away from Gulfport for seven years, and Mm -hmm. we came back, and I see these people still playing tennis and still talking about how I helped them when I was here. So that makes me feel good. Yeah. you know, that's as a tennis pro, I mean, that is the, that, that's why we're still in the business and that's why we're still liking the sport. And, uh, uh, you know, we create a lot of friendships and people think about, uh, think of us as tennis gods. So that <laughs> makes me feel good. Uh, there's so much joy. There's so much joy in that when, you know, I know that what I hear from someone that, Maybe I taught a long time ago, and you know, I get a message. Oh, you know, you know, so and so is still playing, or they're doing this, or this. I just, I, I'm so happy. I'm just so glad that, you know, to think that oh, you could nurture a love of the sport in someone, and they're still playing. I mean, that's just, I, I, it just makes my day. Right. <laughs> um, do you have a right. favorite uh, personal memory? Yeah, favorite tennis player. You said. Of a favorite memory of uh, just from your your tennis journey. Oh, favorite memory as a tennis pro, as a tennis player. I think when I got my first IPF 
point when I was a junior. I was playing in an international tournament, and <laughs> if you would reach the quarter, I think you would get a, a, an ITF point. That is huge. You know? Yeah, yeah. That would uh, feel pretty so good. <laughs> I remember I was 17 years old. That was one of my first proudest moments, and I remember I beat somebody from Russia at the time. And Where were you playing? I was playing in a city in South Romania or mm. on the Black Sea coast. Okay. They had their first international tournament there in uh, early, I think it's in 1997 or something like that. That was my first international tournament. So I got my first ITS tour. I think I got five total throughout my junior life. Oh, that but, is really uh, cool. I remember that. That was like, yes, I remember the court, and I remember <laughs> the score, and I remember who I played. Oh, well, that's That great. happened exactly 30 years ago. Wow, that's awesome. Did you have um, rituals that you always did, or were you superstitious at all? Well, you know, when you play on clay courts, you try to stay away from the lines. If you <laughs> slide, you know, because you slide all the time, you, you start whenever that first first step when you sprint to a ball, you know, if that happens on a on a line, you know, you may lose balance and fall. So mm-hmm. I always try to read the lines, not to step on or just slide on them or so you know, you even predict when the ball you kinda of see the ball flying and even when the ball hits the line it kinda of bounces weird or you know. So you kinda of, the lines were like my nemesis and just try to stay away from them. Mm-hmm. So with your experience, um, you know, growing up playing in, in Romania and, and Eastern Europe and then traveling and then coming to to the South <laughs> here in the States, um, with your with your experience and knowledge, what, what is something that you see? What, what can we do to continue to grow the sport? Well, first of all, I think we need to be consistent. You know, we started with 10 and under, and we have... Small court, small racket, just keep keep doing that. Keep getting the kids started with that. And that, to me, is key for, you know, developing tennis at early ages and getting the kids introduced to tennis the right mm-hmm. way. I think mm-hmm. that is one big thing to do. Um, another thing to do, is, you know, is just the quality of the instructions we kids mm-hmm. receive uh, these days. Education to me is key, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know you see well-certified pros. You know they go through the system, they spend time on education, they do the things the right way. They're successful, but you know you have the other side, which they don't do a whole lot. They don't uh, continue the education. They don't mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. certified, and they still teach, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're teaching. You know, I I don't agree with that. You, you can't do that in Europe. You cannot do it in Europe, you know, but here you can. So mm. it is a matter of, you know, culture, I guess. It's a, it's a, there's, there are different laws here, different laws in Europe. Uh, you only can teach if you're employed by a club okay. uh, over there, like where I come from. But it seems like here everybody can teach. So that's going to only hurt our game. And uh, it's gonna hurt the prices and the structure of the the, the whole tennis uh, uh, sport.
sport in this country. So that is a, it's a, a tricky subject. It is. You know, but it needs to be I brought up. Just, it needs to be said. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've been talking about it at the at the board level, and mm-hmm. uh, it's mm-hmm. been discussed and discussion, and uh, you know, education, and just think. The, the, the way the kids think and get down to how, uh, you know, we present the sport, we teach the sport in a way so they can understand it. Uh, non-intimidation, play a lot of games with them, mm-hmm, make mm-hmm. them enjoy the sport. Yes. Um, talk their language and um, slowly show the path. Yes. Their path, you know, uh, talk to get the parents involved, educate mm-hmm. the parents. Oh, that's huge. From early stages. Huge. Yep. Um, yeah, just um, get everybody involved. You know, it takes more than one person to raise a tennis player. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a it's a group effort from from parents, coaches, and uh, kids. Oh yes, definitely. Um, that's such a. That's what I can say about it. That's such a huge point. Um, so kind of a fun question: Did uh, did you ever play doubles with your brother? I did actually. I enjoyed it. I wish I can play again. Uh, we, 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 when I needed the ringer, I used to call him and we will win the, the prize money. So <laughs> I was the, lucky from that standpoint. Now, how does we get them together? You know, he has kids, I have kids. Uh, now we don't play a whole lot. Right. But, uh, we don't play a whole lot of tournaments. But uh, he was my ringer, my <laughs> secret weapon. <laughs> oh, the, the smart, the smartest play you can make as a doubles uh, player is to bring in the ringer, right? <laughs> Have a good partner. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> if you could play doubles with anybody in the world, who would you choose? Anybody that's top two, three hundred boys or girls, I would be happy to play. Yep. I'll play with anybody that's got one ATP point. Yep. Yep. I'll be delighted to play. So, of course, you know, everybody tell you Roger Federer or, <laughs> you know, Nadal or, you know, the guys, they're top 100, they're top 200, they're unknown, but they play an unbelievable tennis. So, you know, I, I got to say, we we, uh, we hosted the Power Shares, the Legacy Tour um, here in Birmingham uh, last year, and uh, John McEnroe and Andy Roddick and Marty Fish and Jim Courier were here. And I was I was so starstruck, but you know I was I was out there and uh, taking pictures and doing some video and stuff, and and got to hit a few balls. And you know I got to tell you, John McEnroe. You know I know that you know the styles are all different and everything's changed since he dominated the sport. But I got to tell you, playing playing a few points with John McEnroe, I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> I've never seen anybody volley right. like that. <laughs> His instincts are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, yeah. that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so we we talked earlier about who your mentors are, and we mentioned that you know a hero is is different from a mentor. Do you have a hero in the tennis world? Well, I think my dad, my hero, he stayed with me even though you know I didn't like tennis. Mm whole lot on my teenage years and almost 
dropped out of tennis. But, you know, there are other reasons why, because, you know, I started so early and I was so burned out. Mm-hmm. But um, he found a way to keep me in the sport and keep me motivated and stayed with me. And he said, well, you're going to thank me 10, 20 years from now. And mm-hmm. I still remember it when, when, when he said it to me. And I, I you know, and I thank him that he, he, he never let me quit the sport. Mm. He always encouraged, he was there, he said, you can do it. I had a rough time when I was maybe 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I broke my wrist and uh, oh. I was out for maybe a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a second coach changed my backhand from two-handed to one-handed. And oh, wow. Confidence there. And I oh, sure. And I started, not enjoying the, I started not enjoying the sport for maybe two years. And then, uh, you know, he was the biggest part on just keeping me going. We found a different coach, and, you know, I started getting there. And I guess, you know, he is my hero, hands down. Oh, that's 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 beautiful. Um, thank you for sharing that. So you've left so many footprints across the world from, uh, you know, being a, a, a son and a brother and helping your, your brother and, your father encouraging you to keep playing and, and then playing in school and then coaching at, at different clubs across the world and and you know now to be in a, in a new realm and still passionate about tennis and you're helping in a, in a pretty cool way um, for your career to take this turn this is a, a pretty big question again but um, you know what what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind on this industry well, I just want to be remembered the 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 guy from Romania. You know, I was <laughs> an open book for everybody. Mm-hmm. Not uh, I did my best to to, to, to better uh, all my my all my students. Uh, I didn't make any. Uh, you know, I I, I did not uh, discriminate anybody and mm-hmm. I was a uh, one guy that uh, that got everybody together and uh, included everybody in everything mm-hmm. so um, that's what I want to remember uh, you know I'm, again I did my best to, 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 to help the player and to, to, to better the player and help them you know succeed at their best level and the quickest, you know, on the quickest, uh, the quickest uh, way it's possible. So um, I guess that's how I, I want them to, to to remember me, and that's what uh, uh, wow. people are keep saying that. Well, I still hit that. I still remember your <laughs> voice. I, I still, I still hear your voice. <laughs> Get the ball under. Yeah. Through. I still remember. I still. Well. Oh, those things those things mean so yep. much to hear for sure um so last last question um maybe <laughs> I'm just enjoying this one this is fun That's right. um so what what qualities make a great coach well I can stand it from my standpoint what made me successful and make me enjoy the game and you know make me a likable coach, uh, you know, first you have to understand how people think and how people learn and what they like. 
So until you, you, you don't find that, I wouldn't even start teaching anything. Mm-hmm. So first, you know, you have to get to know the players, see what they like, see how they learn, see what their interests are. And uh, based on that, you start building your teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, you know, you have to be a great listener. You just have to yes. uh, be very sympathetic to what the player is saying and be and listen very well and just be on their side mm-hmm. and help them. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're their father, sometimes you're their doctor, sometimes you're your psychologist, sometimes mm-hmm. you're, you know, you wear many Just hats a friend. And, um, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. And you, you cannot treat, treat a player the same as another player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, or talk to them in the same way. And mm-hmm. expect the same results from them. Um, everybody's there, so you have to tailor your own personality to their personality. So pretty much, you know, that's how I realized that I could speak their language and I could make myself understand better, understood better to, to, to them. Um, just you have to, 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 to learn and know them very well. And I always like to know their families, their brothers. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to know what they did that day, how their life is going. And uh, uh, it makes your life easier on the court. You know, if you get all this, if you gather all this information and just a, a simple, how was your day today before starting, that can make a big difference in that particular day, uh, you know, that teaching day. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, I like to keep them involved, and uh, I used to actually get keep them involved in any activities. You know, just be friends with them outside of the court as well, mm-hmm. not just on the court. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes would go, I would take them to the movies. Sometimes would go eat ice cream. Sometimes mm-hmm. would just have lunch. Mm-hmm. I would go to some tournament, and I pretty much become a part of their life and their mm-hmm. families. And that's what I enjoy a lot, actually. Oh, oh, most definitely. I, I have such a, a fun memory of, of, of one of the little girls I was teaching. Um, this was last year, actually, and she was always telling me about, you know, what was going on at school, what was going on at, at church, and what she was doing. And and she, uh, there was one practice, and she kind of had this funny little grin on her face. And I'm like, you know, what, what's what's going on? And she's like, I want you to come watch me. And I was like, come, okay, come watch you do what? And she was like, I want you to come watch me dance. And I was like, I didn't know you did dance. And she was like, no, no, it's, it's, it's at my church. And uh, they, they do this traditional Lebanese um, dance festival. And so her family invited uh, me to go. And it was one of the most fun things. And, you know, we, everyone kind of sat on the ground and watched, uh, watched, you know, the girls dance and, and and she saw me and we made eye contact and it just you know it's like it was just so cool it was so special you know to, but you know I've, I've attended graduations and and things like that and and it's like you said I mean you know when when the relationship is beyond just here's how you hit your forehand and you got to change your grip on your serve and blah 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 you know that's when you know it's real that's when you know that there's there's something truly there you know you're making a difference and um and that's when it's really fun. <laughs> That's right. 
So in two short weeks, um, uh, the USPTA Southern Convention is in Atlanta. And are you speaking? Are you presenting this year? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a presentation with uh, Mr. Karajinas. Oh yes, maybe. yes. Maybe I'll be there. I'll, okay. I'll be there in indoors and mm -hmm. I think talk about retirement plans and how to help mm -hmm. pros and mm -hmm. I'll be I'll be around. I'm the main speaker, but I'll be there. Is there? Me, I'll, I'll stand. Yeah, no, that's well, good. I'm looking forward to that. I thought I thought you were doing something. I couldn't remember what it was. Um, is there something or someone you're you're looking forward to, or just just the general fellowship sort of of the whole? You know, Southern Convention is like a big, yeah, I'm just it's like a big family picnic. <laughs> that's exactly. That. I'm just looking forward to see everybody. I miss them. I think we haven't you know we haven't seen each other this year at uh, at our board meeting. We didn't have it, so. Uh, I missed that. I really missed that in January. Yeah. Well, uh, looking forward to, to see to see everyone. Well, Bo, I, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk. This has been a really um, a really great a great time, a great conversation. So I, sh I certainly appreciate you and all that you're doing. Um, is there anything else you want to want to say or put out there, or any any parting words? <laughs> I just want to tell everybody, all the pros, to keep doing what they're doing. We're very appreciative of, um, you know, what everybody is doing day in, day out. Keep the faith and just give everything you got to, to your, your players. Just huh. give. And uh. you'll see one day everything is going to come back tenfold. But we're in a, in a customer service um, um, business. And I think our service, high quality service, makes a difference in uh, in, in these days, in today's days. Uh, so I, I, I love those words. Value your clients. Value your clients and, um, and give everything you got to them. I, I love those words. Thank you so much for that. I mean, those those two words, give, you know, giving and service. Um, those could sum up the whole the whole industry. In, in a way so so thank you again thank you so much Bo and um, we will talk soon and I will see you soon <laughs> thank you very much I appreciate it thank you very much <laughs> right. see you around yep alright see you soon okay, okay bye, bye.